Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Monica Bennett. And Monica is an empowerment coach teaching the laws of nature to live in joy and harmony with yourself, the community, and the world. Monica is available to give mindset training talks and workshops for corporations, groups, and businesses. She also has a doctor degree in naturopathy, is a certified reflexologist, certified Nia dancer, and a certified biodynamic gardener. She has traveled the world exploring energy and nature. She has just written a book entitled, How May I Serve? Memoirs of a Spiritual Waitress. Our next guest holds a special place in my heart. She was one of the Fab 14, one of the strong and vulnerable women in my study that shared her story so that other women can benefit by what she's learned. She's an amazing coach, leader, and healer, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Here's Monica. Okay, I am. You, just wait until you hear this conversation. This is, I'm going to be introducing you to Monica Bennett. And she has such a special place in my heart because, you know, I talk about the study all the time. Well, Monica happened to have been one of my study participants. So, uh, well, first of all, welcome, Monica. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. And, and from what I... From what I heard from a lot of the study participants, first of all, it changed my life and it changed a lot of their lives as well. Just even answering some of those questions, it was so confronting, some of the questions that you had to answer, right? And and it was confronting, but, the, but what I loved so much, and I want to talk about what the experience was like for you, the motivation for so many of the women for just to even participate was they wanted to, to help women going forward and you know, learn from what they experienced. What was your experience? Well, for me, uh, I did the work before. So I've been through the process already, but it's, you can always go into layers. I, I mean, I'm still doing work because there's layers and layers and layers that you can just keep on diving deeper and finding a little bit more of what, our triggers are, what our um, motives are, what our addictions are, why we don't communicate the way we uh, could to really enable us to move forward in our lives. So it's, it's always going deeper and deeper. And the questions that you presented to me and the others really gave me a chance to look deeper, look even deeper into the, the, um, what happened in my life that uh, that I was betrayed. And once once you start looking and become aware of those things, you have understanding. And once you have understanding, then you can, a clarity. Mm-hmm. And once you have the clarity, then you can start to move forward mm. and be able to express and communicate what it was that um, happened to me or uh, what people did to me that caused these emotional upsets Mm-hmm. in uh, my mind and in the body, because the body really is a manifestation of the mind. Absolutely. And I remember, I remember some of your responses. They were just so profound and there was such clarity. There was such understanding around what you learned from your experience. Can you, can you share, I mean, and, and you could go into as much or as little as you like, but about mm-hmm. your betrayal experience and what you learned because mm-hmm. of it. Well, I, played the victim in my life for a long time. So, um, and I didn't understand why. Uh, I knew both my parents were Holocaust survivors 
And that alone is very traumatic. And my father's upbringing, I, I can't even imagine what he went through. And he was an angry man. And he let out a lot of his anger on me. And that betrayal of not having the trust and what I felt the love of, especially my father, uh, hurt me deeply. I did not understand why he, I felt like he hated me. Um, so, and he died very young. So I never had a chance to heal those wounds. And I became a very rebellious teenager, a lot of drugs, alcohol, addiction, issues, men, um, and, and the pattern went on and on. And it actually went on to my older daughter who became a heroin addict. Um, so at, at that point, I knew that my life was falling apart. When it goes on to from generation to generation, and it, it will, these patterns run deep and they go from generation to generation unless we start doing the work, unless I needed to do the work to heal myself. And once I'm healed, then I can, my daughter can see that the healing is taking place because addiction and betrayal, all this is a family issue. It, it, or, or whether it's business or anything else, it's still, uh, it, it, it's, it's deep in the psyche of one's being. Right. Does that make sense? Of course. And it's so easy to think, here you are, you're a, you're a young, you're a little girl. It's so easy to think if you're not getting love from your, you know, from your dad, that it's mm -hmm. about you. But meanwhile, it's not, it had nothing to do with you. But we do, we interpret that and we internalize it. And then once that belief is there... It, it just affects, it affects everything going forward. So you're saying yeah. that's what, that's what was at the root of your addictions and some of the choices that you made? Oh, absolutely. I felt unworthy. I didn't feel enough. I felt like I was unlovable and, un uh, and I couldn't love. And I was always seeking that. I felt like I had these holes in my souls and I had to fill them up with something outside of myself. So whatever it was that filled it up for the immediate gratification to feel better. Um, so I betrayed myself. Um, I had my parents who betrayed me. Um, I had partners. I, I would choose this pattern over and over and over again. They're, they're patterns. And, and I remember you, you mentioning that it was so familiar. <laughs> yes. It was just so familiar to keep choosing these same uh, types of people in your life because it was just something you were so used to. So, exactly. you know, and, and I remember hearing a, uh, a study about how it was, I think it was abused babies, even mm. though their, here their parents were abusing them when someone else was trying to hold them, they were reaching for the parents because those parents were so familiar, even though they were the yeah. ones causing harm. So yeah. at what point did you realize I keep repeating this and it's not changing unless I do. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. Unless I, it was when my daughter, when I found out at 15 years old that she was continuing a cycle that I, um, I can't blame myself. I could, I could go into the blame. I could do that. And I did do that for a while. I did went blame myself. I felt guilty. I felt shame. I felt all those emotions that again, uh, really doesn't serve uh, anyone. Uh, but they're part of the process of feeling those feelings and then working through them. But that's when I really started doing the work. I started doing it a little before I started. I, I was into it before. But once I knew that she was in trouble, mm -hmm. I really, it, it just, I always say, I went, I got down on my knees and decided to stay there yeah. because I, I realized that 
this is my child. Now, now it's affecting my little girl, my, my daughter. How can I let this go on? And I knew at that point, I, I really have to take a, a deep um, uh, and be brutally honest with myself and what these patterns are doing to our family. And you had a lot of patterns that were created that you wanted to undo. When you say doing the work, give us an example of some of the things you did. Oh gosh, I, I just, I'm still doing the work because mm-hmm. I love it and I'm helping others to do the work as well because it's important work. Um, I would journal first thing in the morning, write three pages. Uh, Julia Cameron uh, mm-hmm. has something called the artist's way. And the first thing in the morning, just write down feelings. So it doesn't matter what it is, just get it out in and out, just get it out, get it out. I was lucky that I always had movement. I was always a dancer. So the movement always helped me express. Um, I would go to Al-Anon. I would go to classes. I would um, seek a therapist. I would, uh, I was going through conventional uh, um, doctors and therapists as, as well as alternative. Um, I, I did a lot of studying, took out a lot of books, saw a lot of coaches and, um, as, uh, and therapists, and uh, really uh, did some shamanic work. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, what, what didn't I do? I mean, I, I really did so many modalities for um, healing, emotional healing. And, and, you know, everything you mentioned, when you, when you think about it, it's physical, mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual, you were really hitting it on every level. And that's how we heal. Because what I see so often is we play this game of whack-a-mole. You know, we have these symptoms (laughs) that show up all tied to betrayal, like let's say extreme fatigue, right? So then Mm. we'll just take something to give us energy or, Mm. or to, to help us sleep, or we'll have, let's say a gut issue and we'll see an amazing gut practitioner or just uh, we'll see a therapist for some talk therapy. And all of these things are just trying to handle the symptoms. But you mm-hmm. knew clearly that mm-hmm. this, that these betrayals were at the root of it and they all needed oh, to be here. Absolutely. It, it, it is doing it on all levels. I take impeccable care of myself. Um, I know what my triggers are, what my food sensitivities are. So I, I know to eat well, uh, to take really good care of my health. I do, I meditate every day. I um, ask for guidance every day. Um, I have a uh, like a little shrine, and I ask for guidance from Mother Earth, Father Sky. I really connect to, to viscerally all levels. Nature, uh, I'm a nature lover, um, so I think nature is a great heal- healer. So taking a walk, uh, doing there's so many things we can do yeah. for healing to connect. And you do, and a lot of your work is in nature, isn't it? Something with, uh, it, well, I, tell us I about used that. to have a horticultural business for 22 years. So I, I, I was always very connected to nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a part of me that was still, there was a disconnect and a connect. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to uh, put the pieces together. And, and it's sitting in silence sometimes and just allowing to things to let go, to not hold on, just to let it go, do breathing work, transformational breath, another class I took to really go into um, deep levels of understanding breath work because mm-hmm. ho- that breath we hold on and we don't really really realize how shallow breathing affects everything in our body. Our sympathetic nervous system gets so locked in a, in a rigid pattern. So to really release that. 
But now here, I want to get to the nitty gritty of this because I see this with so many, so many uh, people struggling to heal from betrayal. It's mm-hmm. so, these patterns are so familiar and we do the work and, and something may be a wonderful modality to help us heal, but there's such a fear there's such a fear of who will I be without this? Mm. What will happen if I let this go? What will happen if this works? And so the letting go process and the surrendering is brutal. How did you manage that? That's a great question. Actually, I'm working with a client right now because I, what, what I see with her is she, she's having such a hard time to let go because she doesn't know who she would be. Mm-hmm. She has no identity without these traumas yeah. and without this PTSD. She mm-hmm. doesn't know. So it's important to create your life. What do you aspire to? What do you love? What do you see? What? Just start writing your aspirations. Look, no, not even goals, but what do you want to aspire to? What makes you feel good? So ask yourself these questions. What feels good? Do you want to travel? Where would you like to go? What turns you on? So really start asking get a vision to create a vision because if without a vision, they say people perish. So mm-hmm. it's important to have a vision to look forward instead of going back into the same old patterns because we're going to repeat the same old story. We ruminate mm-hmm. as we all do it, but, but we have to stop ourselves and, and create who do we want to be? Because most people, for me, I had to create that who, who's the new me? Paint, mm-hmm. paint a picture of who you would like to be. Who do you admire? Who uh, is it that you can aspire being like? So just get these pictures. The more we pictures uh, we can put together in our mind's eye, the more we can start to move forward and create the new person. Right. And I, and I love that we're talking about this because what I've also found is so often when we've gone through betrayal, we, there's no self-love, there's Mm -hmm. no sense of worthiness or confidence or, you know, whatever it is, these, we have such a, such Mm -hmm. a a horrific view of ourselves and we don't want, Mm -hmm. we can't even imagine a highest and best version of us because we don't think there's anything good worth taking into this new version. How do you work with someone on that level? What do you, what do you help them see? That's a great question, Debbie. Um, I like that. Ho'oponopono prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. I love you. Please forgive me. Um, um, thank. Uh, I'm sorry. Was, I'm sorry. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I just cut it down to two words is I love you and thank you. I love you. And I say that to myself still every night. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for showing up today. I love you. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's, it's these words, these neural pathways are so almost hardwired that slowly we have to learn to disconnect like a wire, a plug in a wall. We have to learn to disconnect slowly. And so doing it over and over again, I love you. Doing mirror work, I love you. I love you. I, I, I still have to do it to myself because these old patterns are very insidious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they will come back. So so doing it over and over repetition is, is, is for me and for everyone, that's how we learn anything is doing it over and over and over and over again. So 
And I think that's a really important point because if the buy-in isn't there with the repetition, at least it will help. But I, it's so important to see that and create that version of you because I, I have seen this so often where mm-hmm. if we don't know who we'd be without it, whether it's without the weight, without the disease, without mm-hmm. the the story, it's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. Yep, yep. It, it, it isn't. It's locked into our cellular memory. And uh, as I said, I did shamanic work. I actually went to Peru into Pacalpa and worked with a shaman. I did ayahuasca uh, oh, wow. because I really wanted to dig deep. And it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. They, they're using it a lot. I think Michael Pollan has a new book out where they're using psychedelics to help addicts get out of there. But you really have to be with someone who's experienced to guide you through these these. Um, these rituals. Yeah. Tell us about that experience. I'm so curious. What was that like? It was intense. It was, (laughs) it's, it's not for everyone. As I said, it's, it is intense because, um, ayahuasca is, a a mind altering, um, medicine. It is a medicine. I'm not saying it's a drug. It's a medicine and it can heal traumas because you get out of your ego quickly mm-hmm. and uh, it'll take you to different realms of what really is in the subconscious oh, and wow. it'll it'll pop up whether you want it to or not so you can go to some pretty dark places in there and it could be pretty pretty intense that's why you need a shaman or or a, a guide to assist you through the the, the process of right. this healing that's uh, it's. Um, I saw. I remember seeing a show on it once. And how long? And I was fascinated. How long did it last? Like, did that entire process last? And what did, did it lead to? We we did five ritual we, rituals um, every other night. You need a day to really heal yourself. Um, and the process lasts for. We did it at night. We went out into the Amazon. So there's no cell phones to beat me up, get me out of here. I, I went by myself. I really, um, as I said, it, I, I really wanted to experiment. I'm, I'm a risk taker in those ways. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I needed to heal myself in a deep level so I could do the work myself for others. So, uh, so, and, and this is an important point too. So what you're saying is it, the, the desire to heal was greater than the fear of the unknown. And that's what needs to, you have to step out into that. You have to, unfortunately you have to step out into the unknown if, if you do want to heal. And, and that's where the tricky part comes because the unknown can be so uncomfortable that you'll go back to the known, even though that is so uncomfortable, mm. at least that is familiar. And that's where people get tripped up. It's, it's familiar, but the unknown is where all, all, all the magic's going to happen. That's it's, where the growth is. That's where the growth is. That's where you're going to start to really see, I did it. I, I, look, we're all going to die. Nobody gets out alive. Mm-hmm. And I realized that like the Indians go through the saying, every day is a good day to die. So we have to actually die to our old self to be reborn to a new person. We got to go through that process like like a caterpillar. We have to go through the metamorphosis. Mm. And it, it's... That's why having a coach like you, Debbie, is essential to help you through the process of moving little steps. If you can do tiny little steps every day, but we got to be committed to doing the steps every day to, to, to a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more to get through it. And you know 
it's so important what you just said. And I, and I talk about the concept of death and rebirth and it sounds morbid, but it's really not. You really do have to die to the life you've known yes, in order to birth something entirely new. And that's transformation. And I always picture like if you've seen those houses where they just keep sticking stuff on them and a new this and new that, it's like some, at some point, just, you need to just take the whole thing down and start over. And that's transformation. That's when, it. when you can rebuild, because there's nothing there you're willing to completely just let go of everything that you've that you've known and you've taken it to a whole other level when when you when you go into the amazon and and do that kind of stuff so what did it lead to i mean you left that experience did you have an awakening did you realize something did you realize you let something go I did. I did. Uh, ayahuasca, and if you see any drawings of the paintings in Peru uh, from people who, who uh, from the shamans and people who've gone into ayahuasca, you see the, the life of, um, you, you, you see the higher realms and the lower realms. You, know, you see the both. And that's exactly what I experienced. The first uh, um, ceremony that I did, I saw God. I saw creation. I saw how how everything gets manifested and God would say to me or spirit, whatever your belief is, just what do you want? Claim it. It's yours, but you have to know what you want and you have to claim it as yours. And I saw pictures and it was ecstasy. It was really wonderful. The next time I did it, I went the other direction. I went into the depths of the earth, the roots and into the, it was creepy. And I felt like I died. I felt like I was that close to death. I was shaking. I, I had such a, I, it was a horrible, it was a horrible experience. And I, I just didn't want to do it again because it was so deep and so creepy. Um, I worked, I had to work with another shaman. We, we traveled deeper into the Amazon and we found a woman actually. And uh, she, she was amazing. She was absolutely incredible. So when I did it again, I was able to merge the two worlds because we do have the, 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 the light and we do have the dark. We have the negative and we have the pos- uh, positive. We have the two extremities. We live in both realms. Mm-hmm. But how do we, how do we uh, not let the negative overtake us? And we can't always be in the positive because it just doesn't work that way. I mean, yes, we can be positive and it's our attitude life happens and sometimes sad things happen but how do we how do we uh, navigate through these this world and integrate both of them and that's what i was able to do uh, in the third ceremony with this woman shaman she was able to guide me to understand every time i started going a little bit deep well, i was able to pick myself up and and go, get to the light mm. and and really navigate through that so so it was it was it was very interesting how i was able to Ooh, I'm going, I'm going down. Nope, nope. I was able to really, under the influence, um, I don't like to use the word train, but I was able to uh, lift myself to, mm-hmm. to the consciousness of this always good. Everything is always going to good. And uh, realize that God is good. Um, spirit is it's always for our highest um, um, revelation to, to aspire higher. You know, and I always say our biggest crisis reveals our greatest gift. And, and this is certainly a, a, a way to learn that. And, you know, and as you're speaking, I'm thinking to myself, what's it like to reintegrate back into your regular day to day? Like I have a hard time coming back from a conference. <laughs> how do you, how do you 
take what you've experienced mm. and and move move into your your day because you know here we are you know spiritual beings having a human experience how do you then again have that human experience oh it, it's like childbirth you forget <laughs> you forget uh you go through the process and you have this amazing uh child that you delivered but you forget about the pain you forget about the the, the all of what went through the nine months of pregnancy and everything else but once you start going back into your world things look and appear again the same and uh you can go back into that world but um not really unless you're you're there but uh, so yeah so it's just a matter of um coming out and realizing that again it's not for everyone because Mm -hmm. it it is something that um you do have to prepare for this right so so out of all the different things that you did and modalities and, and physical, mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual things that you tried. Do you remember, was there something where you said, wow, this really helped me let go of old limiting beliefs. This really helped me break those connections to my past and, and be willing to create a new version of myself. Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I, I think it's a, um, I don't think there's any epiphany or there's any one thing that really contributed solely to it. I think it was a a combination of things, being committed to the work, being uh, really the desire to want to heal and understand and knowing that I'm attracting everything to my life. So my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions uh, bring it to me. So I read every day. I stay connected to this work every day, as I said, and I get more insight every day and every day. And, um, and I realize not every day is a good day, but I know I have the insight to, to again, navigate the days with gratitude, being grateful for being alive and really seeing the appreciation of life. Really I, I mean, I am so grateful for every day, even, even though things might not work out every day the way I want them to in, in a fantastic sense. Um, I stay connected to gratitude. I stay connected to doing the work, being kind, being giving, uh, paying it forward, um, changing humanity, understanding. Uh, I do a lot of neuroscience work now and understanding how the brain works. Because I'm fascinated by this and helping people understand, again, understanding when you have a concept to understand something, you can wrap your yourself around it and saying, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. And that's through study and, and studying this. And, and it's also what I see so consistently. It's a willingness. It's a yeah. willingness yeah. to change your story, to yeah. use your exactly. crisis as your, as your biggest gift. And I have to tell you, Monica, what I see with, with just the people who have done the work and, you know, we coined this term post-betrayal transformation because healing from betrayal is vastly different than healing from other types of life crises. And there's no competition here. It's just, you need to rebuild trust and worthiness and confidence and all of those things that were absolutely destroyed. But what I've seen so consistently is when the work is done and when people just like you achieve this state of post-betrayal transformation, and you are such a living, breathing example of it, there's such a strength 
There's such a wisdom. And from that space, there is so much to teach because of what you see now so clearly. Truly, truly. It's, it's, it's when, when you, you've been traumatized, even from a very, from an early age, and usually this is when the trauma starts and the betrayal starts, the brain shrinks and, and the amygdala, the brain, the, the fear center lights up and, and you shut down, you go into that protective mode, that fight or flight or freeze or appease, which is pleasing people. And, and you go into this restrictive mode and, you, and the world becomes very scary out there. And you, and, you, and you recreate this over and over and over again. The trust, as you're saying, is not there. To rebuild that takes a, takes a commitment and a willingness to really understand that you're not alone, number one, because so many people have gone through this. As you said, I, I mean, I, look at the crisis in the world today. Do you think not everybody is going through some kind of betrayal? Mm. Really? I mean, it's, it's, we have to change the paradigm. We have to change the way we think and become creative, cooperative, compassionate, mm-hmm. and really f- come from the heart, the heart center. I'm learning a lot about this as a brain now. Mm-hmm. This is a brain and connecting to that heart center. This is the first thing that lights up that signals the, the, uh, the, um, this part of the brain. Yeah. And, and going from the, from the reptilian brain and the limbic brain to, to the creative brain is how we're going to evolve humanity for the generations and generations so we can evolve into this human, humanitarian human to, to live fully in, in joy and happiness, which is our birthright. But we have to remember who we are. And, and that takes a commitment and willingness to go through the process of trusting people like yourself who are dedicating your life to helping people live this because it's so necessary. And it's, it's because of the work that you and the other Shiro's, the Fab 14, the women in, in this study, uh, because of your contribution and theirs that we even made these discoveries mm. about post-betrayal syndrome and post-betrayal transformation mm. and the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. Wow. So I'm just, I'm forever, forever grateful. Monica, what do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up? That uh, you're not alone. There's help out there. Please, please, please reach out. That's how we. That's how we help each other is by reaching out. You've got to reach out because the minute you isolate, uh, you go into your own thoughts. What I call the itty bitty shitty committee, <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 that committee is not so itty bitty. Itty yeah. bitty. It's it's pretty loud. That voice between our ears to tell us that we're not good enough. We're not this enough. We're not that enough. And we all have it. We all have it. It's just a matter of uh, saying, well, thanks for sharing, but um, reaching out, reaching out to some of this help out there. Um, please reach out. Um, we, we need to support each other. And there's a lot of compassion uh, for you out there. But the only way is when you reach out and, and um, grab somebody's hand and heart and um, talk about it. Communication is to commune, to come together. So communication is key. Wonderful. And how do we learn more about you? Where do we go? Oh, you can go to my website, monicabennett.biz, or you can uh, email me at mb at monicabennett.biz or call me 516-297-0672. Oh, is your phone going to be lighting up? <laughs> Wonderful. Monica, thank you so much. You really, you you are just such a bright light and a true example of post-betrayal transformation. I'm just so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you. 
Thank you, Debbie. Thank you so, so much. Wow, didn't you just love that conversation? I hope you learned that there are so many healing modalities out there, and it's very likely that it could be a combination of them that can help you heal. What's most important, though, is that it's really about the willingness to let go of your story because that's what holds the key to your transformation. Here's my biggest takeaway. Transformation happens through consistent action, through a major shift in perspective, and through a willingness to venture into the unknown. Yes, you may think it's scary, but that's where the growth is. It's right outside your comfort zone. And if you're struggling to heal, it could be because you're stuck in a holding pattern. You may need something different to help you create a different result. Monica gave you some great examples and maybe try one of them. You may not want to try the ayahuasca though, <laughs> but something something like journaling or meditation. Be sure to stay in touch with Monica. Just go to pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast because we have all of her links there in the show notes. And to get a baseline for what your betrayal left in its wake, take the quiz to see to what level you're struggling with post-betrayal syndrome. And you could find that at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.